three. I think, Mike, you would agree with me on this for, like, when you guys purchased the property, you're thinking years down the road, not just right now. But I think what we're, we're trying to say, all right, we're going to make an emphasis, you know, with the children's ministry, which we're going to get those modulars, and we're going to, uh, everything we do now, some of that will not show all the fruit for 2024, 2025, 2026. Uh, but those of you that are working with middle school students and high school students, we'll see many more come. But uh, you start praying for uh, people that are in Islam, you might start meeting some. You start praying for people that are in Hinduism, you'll start meeting some. You start praying for people that are confused about their identity, you'll start getting opportunities. So uh, the same is true for young people, and so we're praying now in advance. And Mike and I started talking last summer about, uh, you know, there was about a two-year gap of no mission trips, no summer youth camps, all this stuff, and everybody got out of practice of even doing some of these things. And so, uh, you know, obviously he'll talk about some of the summer camps and those opportunities. But as I mentioned on Sunday, you know, or a couple Sundays ago when I showed that video of the youth that wrote that song, I want to see our teens do things for the Lord. It says in the book of Jeremiah, uh, the Lord said to Jeremiah, it said, it said, but the Lord said to me, do not say I am a youth. I hope you weren't going to use that verse, Mike. But if you were, you can use it again. Uh, for whom, for you shall go to all whom I send you. And uh, you know, I just love uh, that God said, you're a youth and I can do great things with you, and we know that God did that with Joseph, and Daniel, and Samuel, and Timothy, and Mary, uh, so, but men and women in the Bible that were young people that God did great things through, and uh, we know the world wants to take our young people in one direction, we know the Lord wants to take them in a completely different direction, so, um, you know, I'm glad that Mike uh, has a phone, he also pastors Calvary Chapel Crossroads, and uh, some of you actually went through this discipleship book that Mike wrote. So those of you that went through this book, uh, if you didn't like it, you can blame Mike. Or you can get him to sign it, you know, whatever you prefer. So he, he's here, uh, and he's glad to do that. Uh, but we've known each other for about a decade, and uh, he's got things that he's working on up there in central Virginia, north of Fredericksburg area in the Warrington area, and we've got things that we're working on here. But the common ground is we, we do want to see young people both come to Christ, grow in Christ, and uh, not just... Um, uh, middle and high school students, because a lot of college students are directly connected with what they're doing there at, at Cedar Ranch, and we are, you know, we're trying to double down, even triple down, quadruple down over the next couple of years on middle school, high school, and college age. Uh, you know, you guys saw the Jesus Revolution film. We'd love to see young people pour in, but we have to have, we have to really start to focus on it, and so those of you that don't even have kids uh, in that age bracket, thank you for being here. Uh, my wife and I was thinking, we don't have toddlers, but we love parents with toddlers. And I would support them even though I don't have toddlers. And uh, there, we don't have certain demographics that are part of our current family, but we still uh, reach out and want to understand how we can actually be ministering to them. So those of you that are older, you know, God may help you sponsor a kid to go to camp. Say, hey, I can, do, I can help get some kid there that can't afford to go or, or something like that or discipleship. So all those are opportunities. And uh, so with that, uh, I'm going to invite Mike up, but I think we're going to show a quick video. And then after that video, uh, Pastor Mike Skillman will come up and he'll be sharing a little bit and then uh, some Q&A and things. So. Well, hello. It's great to be here. Uh, 
Let me just first thank uh, Pastor Tim for having me. I know this is a step of faith, having me come here and uh, not sure what this guy's going to say or, like, you know. Um, but uh, let me just, uh, when uh, Pastor Tim and I first started talking about the idea of maybe some of your teens coming to camp, uh, really kind of the thing that was the cohesion was our heart for discipleship. And uh, meaning that I highly value um, camps as part of discipleship for kids, teenagers. Um, there's something special about a road trip and arriving at camp. And we probably have 20, 25 like, college-age students and stuff that are there all summer long. Um, and for us, when teens come, they get to see the next step in their life. Uh, other mature believers that they can say, oh, okay, I, I see that, that, that makes sense. Um, and that's really what it's about is, um, you know, 2 Timothy 2.22, that uh, you're training someone that's training someone that's training somebody else, and there's a pattern there where you're always, like, looking to somebody else, the possibility of seeing somebody else's uh, example. Um, Camping's been in my blood for since I was, I think I went to camp my first year in third grade, believe it or not, traveled to Hawaii, uh, not Hawaii, Ohio. Hawaii would have been pretty cool, though. <laughs> Never been there. Um, but I don't think I've missed a summer since. Um, it just has meant that much to me. And the truth is, is that I think that pretty much every major decision I've made to the, for the Lord has been made at a camp. Uh, I got my calling at a camp. Um, in my junior year, the last day of school, I got deathly sick. And I was out for the entire summer, literally laying down, had to, couldn't move, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, camp was coming up, and I was like, oh, I want to go to camp, I want to go to camp. Mom and Dad, can I go to camp? Well, no, because they were afraid I was going to relapse if I overexerted myself, so they made me promise that I would uh, sit by the pool the, the whole time. And I'm like, I, I think I can do that. That seems like an easy promise. So that's what I did. I, I hung out by the pool, and uh, I just read my Bible. Uh, my junior summer, uh, I couldn't get enough of God's Word, um, meaning that uh, when I first got sick, um, anybody ever been sick and stayed home? Just 12 of us, 15 of us, okay. Well, what do you do when you're sick and you're staying home? Usually you turn on the TV or you start watching the YouTube videos or whatever, or you're starting this, and you're just you're blowing time. And I'd say the first few days I, I, I was doing that, and the truth, what happened in me was I started getting highly annoyed. And this is the uh, late 1980s, way back in the 1900s. So <laughs> there was no phones like that you could do. This was all television. And I got sick and tired of daytime TV within like two or three days. And I, just, I, I finally just turned the TV off because there was nothing on. And I was like, God... I know there was like, at that time, it was like, I wasn't sure how long it was going to be that I was going to be sick. And so I just started talking to the Lord. And the Lord started talking back and going, 
aren't you, don't you go to youth group? And aren't you like a leader in that group? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I am. And he's like, but you know the TV guide better than you know your Bible. And I was like, who? It was, there's a difference between the condemnation of the enemy and the conviction of the Holy Spirit. There's a big difference. And if, if you can learn at an early age the difference between how the enemy condemns you and wants to kick you while you're down and you know, make you feel bad and feel guilty that, you know, this is, you know, hmm. I believe in Hebrew, Satan means accuser. So, I mean, is he gonna, is he gonna condemn you? Yeah, that's what he does. But, but if you can learn to listen to the Holy Spirit and his conviction. Um, the truth of the matter is that when I've done any level of uh, counseling, um, when, I, when I say counseling, I, uh, with my summer staff, I, I usually do what's called one-on-ones. And when we get together, my, my question is to them, on a scale from one to 10, where would you put your relationship with the Lord right now? One being, ah, ah this, this, it's the worst. And 10 is like, I think I have like almost one foot in heaven. You know, it's, it's that good. I mean, me and Jesus, I can't do my fingers very well. We're like this, we're, we're tight. And so, you know, everybody, it's, it's a trick question really, because it really becomes their opinion of themselves. You know, it's their perspective. And so sometimes people shoot low or sometimes they shoot too high because, you know, and it just depends. The bottom line, no matter what number they say, so here, let's do this as a group, little, little counseling. Where is your relationship with the Lord right now on a scale from 1 to 10? Go ahead and get the number in your mind. Okay. All right. Now, here's the thing. I could have everybody close their eyes, and then, then you wouldn't see anybody else's number um, but, you know, we live life with each other, right? In, in Christian unity, go ahead and just lift up your number right now. Where, where are you right now? Just go ahead and lift it up. Sevens or I see an eight there, seven, four. All right. Awesome. Okay. Now, most people probably didn't see your number, so don't, don't sweat it too bad. Some of you are like, oh, my gosh, <laughs> they saw my number. Well, just relax. The next question is, why did you give yourself that number? And that's the trick to it, because if I just came up to you and like, hey, how's your relationship with the Lord? The, the normal answer is, it's good. It's good, Pastor Mike. Right on, man. And then you just go on, or it's, it's okay. You know, but you take a risk if you say anything less than good, right? Because then it's like, oh, right, you know, let's dig a little more. Like, but, so anyways, flesh it out. Why is it that number? And you might be like, because, you know, I, I, I've spent like one time alone with God this week, and I just, it's not, it's not been good. And the one time I did, it was kind of lazy, and I was just going through the motions. I was checking the, uh, going through the Bible in a year just to get it done. You know, anybody ever done that? You know, you're just, I'm just checking the boxes. I guess I'm the only one. Okay. You know what? It's, it's nerve-wracking to be up. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drink a little water. At my church, I don't know if you see it, but we meet in tents, 
and like there's dogs running around and the donkey you can hear the donkey braying in the background it, it's pretty it's farm okay it's so like up here in the lights and all of that oh before i forget hey marty yeah. <laughs> I, yeah marty and i served together at headwaters lodge uh years and years ago so whatever your number is let me ask this question what would it take for it to be the next number up. If you were a seven, what would it be? Uh, what, what, what would it take to become an eight? Or if you're a four, what would it be like to be a five? You, you, get, you guys know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? What would it what it take to get that next number? And the answer is almost inevitably, I need to spend more time with Jesus. I need to spend more time in the Word. And there's no substitute for that. You, you, you need to spend time in the Word because it's living and it's active, it's breathing, it's, it's sharper than t- any two-edged sword. And, you know, God spoke through His Holy Spirit to all these different people and they wrote it down and, and it's come to us and He wants to talk to us. He wants to say stuff to us. He wants to encourage us. This, this thing is incredible. It's great. It's, it's relationship, right? Well, anyways, if I could, if I could say great things about camp, um, I, I'm looking at the kids that were in that video, and it looks like if you go to camp, you're going to get wet. Um, that's the, my first impression, like, they're going to get wet. <laughs> you will. <laughs> there's, no, there's no way around it. Um, but... I look at camp as a vital time in discipleship, learning how to follow Christ. And if you came to camp, a normal day would be where you get up and we usually take a hike, a morning hike. And then right after hike, we have a a breakfast. All our food is uh, made from scratch. And my wife oversees that and she does a marvelous job. She's incredible. And when people leave camp and we ask them for feedback, they're usually like, the food. The food was awesome. It's so good. Uh, I'm going to get some more water, but you might. It's hard to say no when it's so good. Um, and, I, you know, we put the walk in to hopefully work some of that off. But anyways, um, so right after we get uh, after breakfast, we have a short Devo, and a lot of times what we do is we invite other Calvary pastors in uh, to do messages, um, and we, we typically have a theme. Our, our high school and our middle school camp theme this year is God's Word is Great. God's Word is Great. And our high school camp, I have a, a youth pastor down in Calvary Palm City. His name's Josh Licht. He's coming up to do... Uh, the speaking for the high school camp. Uh, Josh is a, has been a personal friend for a long time. Uh, at one point, I was the dean of students for Calvary Chapel University, and he was in charge of the whole, he was like the dean of the youth ministry department and wrote all the curriculum for the youth department. So uh, I'm having him come in and do the high school camp, and then I've got a buddy down in Florida that does discipleship one-on-one with teenagers, and that's his life. And so he's doing middle school camp. And he came last year. And 
Uh, I have five children. My youngest is Sophie, and she will be at the middle school camp this year. And when I announced at the, our, to our middle schoolers that Chrisman was coming back to teach, the whole middle school jumped up and was like, yeah, yeah. And then they were like, let's go, let's go. And I'm like, I guess they really like this guy. I'm sure glad I invited him back. So anyways, um, after Devos, um, what we do is we send all the teenagers out on TOG time. And, and TOG is an acronym for time alone with God. And it's, it's directed. We usually suggest a passage or two, or they, they can build off of what they heard from a Devo or a message the night before. Um, but we, we give them ample time in the morning to have time alone with God. And it's their time to hear from him in his word. And then they come back, and then the day starts. I, I just, but that's the way this, the day starts. And the way it ends is when they're in their rooms at night, their counselors ask them, so what did you, what did you go over in your talk time? What did you, who heard from the Lord? Who would, like to, who would like the floor? And then the next question is, would anybody like to piggyback off of that? And if no one says anything, who else has something? And if, if teenagers stay up late, it's because they're talking about the Lord. And it's, it's very relational. So anyways... Um, <clears throat> I feel like I need to say that I went to Liberty University. I think you probably have some LU students in here. But I went to Liberty way back in the 1900s. So for those that are listening, way back in the 1900s. But I also did my seminary work there and when I was in my 40s. So the Lord opened up a door for me to, to go back and get a seminary degree. And uh, one thing that we do at our camp... Um, <clears throat> that I, it's part of the culture with our staff, is that anytime somebody goes out to do anything as far as serving on the property, I, I tell them, uh, almost on a weekly basis, if you go out to serve on the property in any form or fashion, and you find yourself kind of doing it begrudgingly, or you're kind of not in the right frame of mind. In the right frame of mind would be, I want to worship the Lord as I'm doing this. Then just stop. Just stop. Go, go, go and spend some time with the Lord, and then, and then go what, do what you're going to do. Because uh, our vision is, is that everything that's done on the property is a worship. And our hope is, is that through worship, it's going to usher in peace on the property, and that when people get there, they're going to feel like they can be still and they can know the Lord, Psalm 46.10. And I have personally watched person after person after person come on that property and physically say, there's something about this property that's different. And it's not the property, it's the Lord's presence. We, uh, we're doing a septic project at uh, some of our RV sites uh, uh, two years ago. And I had a guy deliver a bunch of pipe. And as he's delivering the pipe, he got out of the truck. And his first words were, there's something special about this property. There's a peace that resides here. And we ended up leading him to Christ. 
And he ended up bringing his family to church, and they're still coming today. And <laughs> praise the Lord, right? That's just, that's just one story. I mean, the Lord is working mightily, and it's the Lord's work. He's the one doing it. I got a chance to baptize that gentleman um, this summer. And what's cool about that story is that uh, right before all of this happened, he had gone to his elementary school into the administration office and lost his mind. He was yelling at the administration over something. And then he left. And as, he, as I was getting ready to, to baptize him that week, he was like, he's working out of salvation, right? And he's like, you know what? Conviction of the Holy Spirit, I, I need to go back and I need to go to the school and apologize because I was wrong. And he goes, I can't be baptized until I do this. So I was like, you better go, you better go to the school. So he goes back and asks for forgiveness and says, I was wrong. Will you forgive me? Please forgive me. And he was received so well. And the administration couldn't have been kinder to him. And then he gets baptized, and then it gets spread all over Facebook. And people are like, something's going on with this dude. What's happening? Well, it's the Lord. It's the Lord. Um, Two times a year, one time in the spring and one time in the fall. So the one time in the spring is next weekend. We have... We invite Liberty students to come to the camp. Um, and so next weekend, we have 58 students that are showing up. And what they're going to do is they're going to serve. But what they're really going to do is they're going to worship. And they're preparing the beginning grounds for the summer. That the Lord would be worshipped. That the peace of the Lord would be here. And we're going to encourage them to be praying for the teenagers that are coming to camp that they could hear from the Lord. Just by a show of hands, how many of you have tasted and seen that the Lord is good? Amen. That is praiseworthy to lift your hand up. So our hope is that when teenagers come is that they taste and they see that the Lord is good. Um, As we were going through praise time, I was, I was writing a few things down. Uh, the first song we sang, uh, where's the worship leader, dude? All right, right on. We sang, there was like, there's nothing that's impossible with God, and we, we sang about healing. And I was just, I was blessed by that. Um, I just got back uh, from Israel and Jordan with my, with my wife and 32 other people, so you guys, aren't you guys going next year? Um, if you haven't been, I highly encourage you to go. But it was a sweet time, and this doesn't have much to do with the camp, but I I just want to testify of God's goodness, um, if you guys would be patient with me. Um, uh, My parents came with me, uh, and they brought six other couples from a Bible study they'd been in for 20 years. Um, And one of the couples just moved to their neighborhood, and they were just trying to kind of get the scope of the land. And so... Uh, I ended up baptizing the husband, and he was he was raised in a brethren church, and it was very legalistic in his memories of all his growing up that what we were doing had nothing to do with that. 
And so he wanted to be baptized. And then I was on the Sea of Galilee on a boat, and I taught. And then afterwards, I asked, does anybody want prayer? So Don's wife, Catherine, said, I would like prayer. And I had a microphone, and I was like, Catherine, what do you want prayer for? And she's like, well, uh, nobody really knows me here quite yet, but when I get home from this trip on Friday, I've got to go to UVA for an operation because I have cancer. And I was like, let's pray for you. So I, a bunch of us laid hands on her, and we prayed over her. And uh, the day I came uh, to, the, to the men's retreat on Monday, I went to my mailbox, opened it up, and, and there was a letter. And it was from Catherine. And I opened it up, and uh, there was a picture of a red hat on the front with a bunch of flowers. It was, you know, it was, it, was a, it was a pretty card. It was more for a woman. But it was addressed to me and my wife, so let me just, let's be honest. So I open it up, and, and Catherine says to me, I'm going to paraphrase because I, I didn't memorize it. She's like, I, I need to tell you the good news. I, I went to my operation. They took biopsies of everything, and my cancer is gone. They can't find it. <laughs> and, then, and then she wrote, I think when everybody laid their hands on me on that boat, God touched me. And now Catherine and her husband are wanting to go to my parents' Bible study. And they're going to go through the blue book, and um, the gospel is going to be presented. So pray for Catherine's heart and her relationship with Jesus. Um, I think another one of the songs that we, we sang a lot about grace. And... Uh, Anybody ever have a dry time in their life where they're just, they, they just, I, I just haven't heard from the Lord in a while? I, I've been there many times. It's not uncommon. And there was one time that I was very unsatisfied. I was going through such a dry time. And you know what the answer was? Some of you guys need to hear this. I got down on my knees and I said, Lord, I'm not leaving this spot until I hear from you. I need, I, need, I need to hear your voice. I need to know that this relationship, you, you sent your son for me, and, and you tore the veil, and I've got access to, to talk with you, and here I am, God, I, I, I'm desperate. I haven't heard anything from your word in a while that I just haven't, I need to know. And... I was, I, I, I was in John, I was in chapter 1, and I got to verse 16, and it was a verse I'd never seen, and it said, out of the fullness of his grace, we have one blessing after another. And I was like, whoa, whoa. M meaning that God's grace is so rich and deep that we... When we receive grace, it's like getting one blessing after another blessing after another blessing. And meaning whenever I sin and I'm like, Lord, I'm sorry, please forgive me, there's grace and there's a blessing involved. And I was like, how have I never seen this? I've never seen that verse. God, praise your name. I'm so blessed by it.
Then we sang a song, when I don't see it, when I don't feel it, you never stop working. That was sweet. Uh, somebody was at the pastor's conference talking about um, the Israelites crossing the Red Sea. And it says that they, they went, it was nighttime, and the Lord caused an east wind to pull, pull the waters back. And I wonder how many people slept that night, because Pharaoh's army was behind them, and there's this wall of fire, and the, the Red Sea's in front of them, and this east wind starts blowing the water back all night long. God was still working at nighttime when they weren't watching. I don't know where you are in your relationship with the Lord, but, or where you are right now, but if you don't see it, he's still working. He, he still has you in mind. Well, um, uh, let's see here. Uh, I'm, you can tell I'm a professional at talking. I'm like, pew, pew, pew. Um, so we have some camps. Let me t- just talk to you about what we have going on. Uh, in the beginning of the summer, and uh, we strategically place these at the beginning of the summer because we want teenagers to consider kicking their summer off in a great way. You know, they got the whole summer to live, but why not start it right? Uh, meaning we have two two-week doulo sessions. So there's two camps, and they're both two weeks long. The first one's May 29th through uh, June 9th. Uh, we, our staff takes a break for a week, and then the next one starts June 19th and goes through the 29th. But doulos in the Greek means servant. And so what we do is a servant leadership camp. We do two weeks. We have a week off and then two weeks again. And uh, uh, what we do is very similar to that talk time in the morning. Um, but we also uh, get teenagers to get involved in service projects at the camp, worshiping at the camp, if you get, if you get my drift but also in the community. And what we do is we're trying to help them establish a habit of doing devotions, uh, seeking Christ in the morning. Um, and then, then we get pastor, Calvary pastors from all over the place that come and teach in the evening times. This year, our doulos camps, the theme is John 3.30, I must decrease and he must increase. Simple, but profound. Um, and then we have uh, two other camps. Um, one is for middle school. Um, let me, actually, the, let me talk about the high school one is uh, July 10th through the 15th. And then also the middle school camps that next week, I think it's the 17th through the 21st. And I already told you the theme of that is uh, God's word is great. But our hope is that maybe you would consider doulos or one of the high school or middle school camps, um, or, or maybe both, which might even be a stretch. But um, some, some kids do both doulo sessions, uh, believe it or not. And uh, parents see the value of sending their kids to a place where they're going to get God's word, and it's going to be a fire hose. So, um, yeah. I, I, I reserved the last uh, like 10 minutes or so for questions. If anybody would like to have any questions, um, go ahead and fire away. Yes. Oh, that's a great question. We are in Culpeper, Virginia, 
And if I Googled that, or like a map, it's probably two hours away. That's, I'd say that's fair. Uh, or a little less, yeah. Um, let me answer that question even further. Um, we have kids signed up to come as far as Arizona, uh, Wyoming. Uh, we have kids coming from, uh, a lot of kids coming from Florida. Uh, uh, Breath of Life is uh, sending down a couple kids for, uh, from Maryland, uh, um, and on and on. We get kids from, teenagers from all over the place. So uh, most teens come from Virginia, from the Calvary's in Virginia, but we get a bunch of teenagers that come from all over the place. And, and truthfully, uh, I'm getting so old and I've been in this for so long, uh, I see like teenagers that have been in my youth groups uh, or whatever growing up, their kids are now getting older enough and I, I'm now seeing their kids at camp. So it's really cool. Other questions? If someone sees a hand and I'm not seeing it, if you scratch your eye, Chris, then I'm gonna think you have a question. Oh, that was close call, I was like, yeah. Okay, so that's a good question. So uh, the last two summers, over all the eight camps we've done, I think it was like 300 teenagers. Uh, Dulos usually runs around 40 teens per session. Um, when Calvary Fredericksburg comes, they bring like 60, 70 kids, and they pack the place out. Calvary Lynchburg's been coming the last two years. They do a high school and a middle school camp as well, so... Uh, we try to keep it in like that 30 to 40 range um, just because we want to have more personability and, and not just, just pack it out to be packing it out. Other questions? Oh, the cost. That's great. Great idea. So with Dulos, we do uh, three tiers where you could pay uh, 650 700 or 750, that's for two weeks. And, um, and then the truth is, is that there are select occasions where if someone can't go that high or something, uh, my mercy bone's too big. I, I don't know how we exist, honestly, but camps don't usually exist without outside help. And uh, we're trying to grow that into things with the camp. Um, what you see here, um, Calvary Chapel Crossroads, we just acquired this property three years ago, April 16th, our th third year anniversary. And we were a small country church meeting in a school and we had about 25 people. And we heard of uh, Headwaters and I had been affiliated with that ministry for 26 years and they were selling and my heart was breaking. And what I heard from the Lord was, don't sit on your hands. Um, meaning that my heart was breaking for Headwaters had about 1,700 people that were going up there a year, and my heart was breaking for those people. And so I went to my elders, and I told them where my heart was, and they said, well, why don't you start looking for something? And you can read it in our elder minutes that they said, go look for something, and, and then there's another line that says, here's what we know. We have no money for this. Um, the first property I saw on Zillow uh, was a 68 and a half acre piece of land, and it was on the, this road, and the road's name was Del Dios Way, the way of the Lord. And I was like, maybe there's something to this. I don't know. Uh, uh, there's got to be something here. Um, 
I often tell people I'm not the sharpest hack in the box, um, but the truth is there can only be one sharpest hack. I just know I'm not it. So, but when I saw, you know, the Lord's like, Mike, del Dios way, I'm like, what is that? It seems, sounds like it's the way of the Lord. Yeah, and my wife speaks Spanish, so I was like, she was trying to give me the real translation. It really, and I'm like, no, 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 it means the way of the Lord. Don't tell me, don't tell me what you think it means. But uh, I, I found out later that uh, the previous owners had a horse named Del Dios. And so they, and I'm like, what are the chances of that, you know? And so their horse died, and they named the road Del Dios Way. And I'm like, but it's still the way of the Lord. And interestingly, um, the property next to us uh, used to be, it used to be one contiguous property, but the property next to us in the 1980s, there was a Billy Graham crusade there. And when the crusade showed up, they, the, the, uh, the motorcade or whatever came down Del Dios Way, and the owner of the property went out there and literally stopped the motorcade and said, not on my property, turn around and leave. And if you know much of anything of the Billy Graham crusade, they were a praying ministry. And anytime they had opposition, they prayed. And in my heart, I like to use my imagination that maybe they prayed that the property that was named Del Dios Way might be used for his glory one day. So I, I'm, I, I'm hopeful that's what they prayed. So anyways, um, I'm going to get choked up here in a minute, but uh, you know, the Lord delivered that land into our, our hands. It was tailor-made for us. Uh, we walked in, and there wasn't a whole lot to do. There was a lot of deferred uh, maintenance, but most of it was outside. Um, our first year, we had over 50,000 hours donated by just individuals. I would go out on the property almost any given day, and there was 25 people out there, and I didn't know any of them. I'm like, where are all these people coming from? And literally, I had a couple in our community that was showing up with their two Harry, Homer ride, Harry homeowner ride-on tractors, and they were mowing our grass every week. And I went out to try to meet them, and they said, we don't want any recognition. We don't want you to know our names. Uh, and they, just, they, they wouldn't talk to me. They just wanted, they wanted to be a blessing, and they, didn't, they wanted their treasure to be in heaven. So one day I wrote on a three-by-five card, you helped me worship the Lord better, and I slipped it in their window. So I didn't say thank you. So they, their crown is still in heaven. I, fe- I thought that, that might help them, help them out. I don't know. Uh, yeah. We're looking for students to come to camp. Um, if people want to come and help, I will never say no to that. So if, if Pastor Tim wants to gear up some... Actually, your youth group came at one point uh, early on, and uh, we had a portion of the property that the previous owners just piled garbage. And your youth group came and sorted all the metal out of there. You, you love that? So... After you did that, one of the Dulos projects was to take it to the recyclers, and we got money. Um, part of the Dulos program is I have a little entrepreneurial section, and if, if a student wants to be on the entrepreneurial team, 
Um, what I do is I cast vision with them, and then I walk them around the property casting vision on like what we see the Lord doing. And then I have them as a group pray over what part of the vision that they want to tackle. And our first summer, the entrepreneurial team uh, decided that they wanted to try to get a 40-foot ladder so that we could change the light bulbs, uh, the fluorescent lights, in our 35,000-square-foot indoor riding ring. And um, they were taking, they had teams taking the recycling, and they were getting money, and they almost had enough. And then uh, Calvary Chapel um, uh, City Gates, Jeff Schlen's church, pulls up in a truck with a 24-foot enclosed trailer, and their guy said, oh, we thought you could use some sanctuary chairs. And I was like, awesome. And, but also inside of that truck was a 40-foot ladder. And so I told the kids, I'm like, guys, the 40-foot ladder just showed up. And they were like, what? You got to be kidding. Their minds were blown. So they ended up, they were able to make enough money that summer where they bought the ministry an ice maker. And we were going to Walmart every day and buying 50 pounds of ice. It was, it was tedious, you know, labors of love. But uh, they, we, we have ice being made, and it, it, it generates 250 pounds a day, and it's, it's, it's beautiful. Um, let, me, let me also just back up a second. Uh, on the 16th of April, we acquired the property. I went there that night. This is three years ago. And I was in the, the big living room. And I was exhausted. This is my justification for what I'm about to tell you, my lack of faith. And I said, God, this is amazing, but we've got no chairs and we've got no silverware. <laughs> and I walked out of there totally dejected, went home, I was depressed, I went to bed, got up the next day, I, I went back over to the ranch, and as I walked in the front door, the living room was full of chairs, and I walked in the kitchen, and there was hundreds of pieces of silverware in a box. The two things that I had trouble with God, and I said, God, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry that I doubted you. I won't doubt anymore. And then the phone rang, and Calvary Chapel St. Petersburg said, hey, we've got all these bunk beds and mattresses and, and dressers. Could you use them? And I was like, yeah. And they, they loaded them up on a U-Haul, and the next Dulos group, they're pulling in. I was like, drop your bags, unload, because you can have a bed now. Before, they didn't have beds, so praise God. Question? So you bought this during COVID? Like how yep, right during COVID. You got it. As we were buying it, COVID was being locked down, and our governor said no camps. So we decided to just have mission trips. <laughs> That's what we did. We can't do camps? Well, let's have mission trips. Yeah, mission trips. That's a good idea. Anybody else have questions? Yes. Okay, that's a great idea. Great, great question. The week-long camps are $300, by the way, the Monday through Friday. Somebody else asked that. I just told you the price for Dulos. The Monday through Friday is $300. So we, we typically start out with the, 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 Devo, the walk, the Devo, um, brec uh, breakfast, Devo, talk time. And, and we have a short window in the morning uh, before lunch, but it's usually a free time. 
Um, we do unique things at the camp, uh, meaning I, I'm not a fan of trying to like get teenagers to go, 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 and build them up to this crescendo of this mountaintop experience. And typically on the very first night, I just say, you came to camp for a reason, and my imagination is that you're here to do business with God. So we can like wait to the last night, and then you can do business with God, and then 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 you're you know you have at home to to kind of figure that out or we can do this tonight and we can like it's pretty easy you know i'm sorry god please forgive me i'm i'm ready to engage with you kind of stuff so after lunch we every day we do something that's pretty unconventional we have what's called horizontal time meaning everyone goes for a nap. Um, which sounds crazy, but the first night at camp's got to be the toughest night. Nobody sleeps. Anybody ever been to a retreat and you just don't sleep that first night? And you're exhausted already. And I'm like, that stinks. So I'm also a believer in Joel chapter 2, that in the last times that he's going to pour out his spirit. And old men will have visions and young men will have dream dreams. I might have gotten that backwards. But... In my, in my thought patterns, I'm like, I don't, I don't negate that God could do something even while kids are sleeping. Um, I get a lot of pushback from it. Uh, oh, I don't want to take a nap. And those that push back the hardest are the ones that sleep the hardest. I guarantee it. And it's usually the leaders. It's not the teenagers. <laughs> I, I, uh, quick story. Like I, I was getting some pushback from one of the adult leaders. Oh, we're here at camp. We're taking this nap. And I'm like, well, you... You knew you were going to take a nap, but so why don't you just lay down? If you're just first day, if you don't fall asleep, whatever, maybe you just come in the kitchen and we'll do a, a Connect Four tournament with you or something, but just try it. So he, he laid down, and at the end of the, uh, the horizontal time, I walk in, and he is buzzsawing logs. <laughs> and, and I was like, hey, hey, everybody's up already. Yeah, yeah. And he goes, I, he gets up and goes, I wasn't sleeping. <laughs> I'm like, you were sleeping. But anyways, he, he really appreciated it. Um, after horizontal time, we have free time, um, meaning it's the heat of the day. It gets pretty hot, and we're not out there trying to drive the kids too hard. And so the pool opens, and it also gives those that are sleeping a little extra time for sleep. So it sounds like we're promoting laziness, but there's a rhythm and a rhyme to why we're doing what we're doing. Um, and then we have blocks of time after free time where um, we're doing like uh, at, a, at the camp, we do like unity training where we're doing like a low ropes and they get into groups and they're, they're learning to work together so that when they come back that they're more unified and then different teams compete to do different relays using their newfound skills, that kind of thing. And then it bleeds into dinner. And then after dinner, we have a, a session. And a lot of times we have like an afterglow, something at night, um, either another worship time or sometimes since they didn't get that block of time during the heat of the day, uh, we have the indoor arena and then we have uh, outdoor like a soccer field that has lights and a volleyball court that has, it's all lit up. So we, we do some things at night. 
But we do some day trips. This year, uh, um, we're offering uh, uh, an extension to go horseback riding or uh, kayaking, canoeing. And at Dulos, we typically do a hike to a waterfall that's not too far away. And so when you saw people jumping in and sliding down, that's the, that's the hike we do. So, so it's not all work. There's, we do have fun. So if you go to camp, you should have some fun. I, anybody agree with that? Yeah. All right. Uh, I think we're probably close to the end. Question? We're there all the time. Now, what about, um, let's say a family wants to just go camping. Can you have a, you have a place We have plenty of property if you want to go camping. Um, we have hosted some families there that have wanted to use the property. Um, this fall, we already have four retreats planned for other Calvaries, like Calvary Charlottesville men. Uh, there's a, a couple, a bunch of Calvaries are coming to do retreats. And we do ladies' retreats. and. Um, we have an, uh, a room where if you had a, a speaker, they could have their own room and a bathroom, that kind of thing. So uh, we have 68 beds currently, uh, and they're all bunk beds. They're all brand new, but we have mattresses with Tempur-Pedic tops. So, and there's plenty of bathrooms. Uh, our church is getting ready to build a 50 by 80 pole barn, and so we'll have even more room to uh, spread out. Uh, currently, when... Uh, we meet in the sanctuary. We got to tear it down and set up tables and and eat kind of thing. But uh, we're trying to trying to handle that kind of rigmarole being over. Any other questions, Avery? Do you have any? Do you have any closets in the room? Yes, there are closets and there are um, dressers in every room, and there's ample space under your bed. So Avery is her parents are signing her up for Dulos. She's getting super embarrassed in the back, but anyways, oh well. God. Don't look at Avery right now. <laughs> I told him not to. I was trying to protect you. All right, yeah. It's one big house. It's a 7,700 square foot home. And the master bedroom is a huge room. We fit nine bunk beds in it. And there's dressers, there's a master bedroom, bathroom, and then there's a sitting room where we can put more bunk beds. And then there's an upstairs where there's five bedrooms, and each bedroom has three bunk beds, and there's two full baths. We usually put the ladies upstairs for privacy, and the guys are downstairs. So uh, between those, those rooms, we have 68 total beds. So during the camp weeks, we, we, we put a couple young adults in those rooms with them that are in their 20s. And we have a full uh, staff training week before camps begin, and we go through safety. All of them will be CPR first aid certified, and um, you know we, we talk about issues that revolve around teenagers and keeping them safe at night. And, all that good stuff, so yeah, good question. Any other questions? Let me just end and just say it would be our high privilege to host you. Um, your teenagers, if, if, if you mount up a group or if there's individuals that wanna come for just a week or multiple weeks, we would love to, to have you. Um, 
We've been doing, uh, I've been doing this more than just the three years. I was up at Headwaters for many, many years as the director. So I do come about uh, camping ministry, honestly. Um, it's in my blood. So I, I, I love it and believe in it with all my heart. So Tim, thank you so much for having me. I can leave these and okay. I have some flyers and these. Uh, there's a QR code that'll take you right to the website on how to sign up and stuff. So I can leave these on the front, the front uh, chair here. Thank you, we'll, we'll pray over you before we go. Oh, please um, do. But uh, you know, Pastor Joe in uh, Calvary Chapel Philly likes to say you can't fake genuine, and uh, you know, so you've heard from Mike tonight and. He is a genuine guy, so uh, we've been using the Blue Book Discipleship for a few years. Uh, we've got a couple different uh, materials, but um, what's that? Are you going to pass those out? Okay. Um, but, uh, you know, he's just, he's got a heart for discipleship, a heart for teens, and um, and I, I knew you'd been with camps a long time. I did not realize as long as you said, but I, I knew the headwaters, and uh, but... Um, so thanks for being here tonight and uh, and hearing what God's doing uh, at Calvary Chapel Crossroads and and there at Cedar Ranch and uh, you know we we love to see as many middle school and high school kids go and and uh, but what I love about Mike's heart and the camp is it really is about and I love that you guys want them to kind of come back Lord at the beginning of the week not the very last night uh, and and it really start to even grow throughout that week and start to build the foundation, and, and that, that's a great thing. But um, So let's pray, and I want to just pray for Mike and, and the camp and, 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 the, and the Dulos program. As he mentioned, that's a two-week one. That was the 700 and change one, and then the 300 for the uh, middle school and high school. And you know, anybody that you know, can help with those kids that want to go, that would be great too. But um, uh, a lot of miracles have been taking place there, salvations, the property itself. I remember when, Mike, when you announced to a bunch of us, that whole thing that you know, everybody's like, how's this going to work? <laughs> and God's really done a great thing, and a lot of Calvary's have been helping. We, so we, and we'd like to help more than we have going forward. So let's pray. Father, we thank you again for this time this evening. I uh, just thank you for uh, Mike and the tremendous way you've used these camps in his life, uh, and now the way that you have used uh, him to lead camps and, and his wife and the ministry that they have. And and the big step of faith, Lord, has uh, has been a miracle. And even the name of the road, uh, we do believe it's the way of the Lord. Uh, and so, Lord, just the kids that have uh, come to Christ and uh, people have been on the property coming to the Lord and, and growing in the Lord. And, and thank you for uh, just the many, many churches and Liberty University and others that have been uh, helping and investing. And we, we just pray that even in this church, uh, kids that maybe have never gone before, hadn't considered it, uh, would go and, and just um, and really... Uh, find their own calling and the relationship with you uh, that you have desired and, and you died for uh, for them to have that walk with you. And I just pray your blessing on Mike and uh, his family and, and the staff and, and Lord just continue to uh, just strengthen them and, and, and make uh, make a way for things that seem impossible and, and uh, meet new needs and, and use this church to be an encouragement and help. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. And thanks to the parents for bringing your kids, and, and uh, this has been recorded, so if you other parents weren't here tonight, they can watch this. God bless. Have a great evening.